Hello and welcome to this episode of Special Issue, a podcast about society publishing from Wiley. In this episode, we're going to talk to part of the publishing team behind a pretty unique educational journal, Clinical Liver Disease, which Wiley publishes in partnership with the American Association for the Study of Liver Diseases. Many journals have some sort of specifically educational component, but I've never seen one which takes its educational mission as seriously as clinical liver disease. It was designed, launched, and is now run exclusively as a learning resource, and the editorial team is doing some really innovative things. So we wanted to bring them in to talk more about how the journal is serving the society and the larger liver community. One of our guests is CLD's Journal Publishing Manager. Emma, could you tell us who you are and what you do? I'm Emma Brink. I'm the Publication Manager for Clinical Liver Disease at Wiley, as well as all of the American Association for the Study of Liver Diseases journals. I've been working with them for almost seven years, so I've been fortunate to see how CLD has grown and matured over time. It's truly one of my favorite parts about my work here, and I absolutely love working with its excellent editor-in-chief, Nancy Rowe, who we're lucky to have here with us today. Nancy, could you uh, tell us who you are and what you do? I'm Nancy Rowe. I am the current editor-in-chief for CLD, but I've actually been an academic clinician for about 17 years now, doing nothing but hepatology, so my main job is still really working as a clinician. ASLD has been my home. It's been my you know, first academic society I really approached on when I was a fellow in training, um, deciding that I was going to have a career in liver disease. And so I'm really, really excited now to have this role with CLD, working with the ASLD leadership and then um, Wiley, as well as a really exciting group of individuals that helped me with content and you know, have given me a bunch of friends that I you know, would have really considered associates before, but now we are quite close. Yes, yeah, CLD, um, or, which stands for Clinical Liver Disease, is a pretty unique journal. And Emma, I wonder, just to kick things off, if you could tell us a little bit about what it is and what makes it different. Uh, so CLD published its first issue in 2012 after ongoing discussions between the ASLD and Wiley uh, about the need for an educational resource for the liver community that was clinical in focus. Um, so it was established at the outset that it should be online only and that it should be free. So it's completely open to the public. There are no subscription fees, no author fees. It's free for anyone um, to use. Um, it's all short review articles uh, for easy digesting and it features multimedia content like videos, um, author interviews, and podcasts and audio recordings of the papers. So that makes it um, accommodating to different learning styles. So CLD is really unique and really special. Um, I always say that CLD is a journal that isn't really a journal. Um, It's kind of its own species of journal. Um, So it's, of course, unique to the ASLD portfolio, but it's also uh, unique to the scholarly community, I think. So it sounds like there's a lot that needs to come together in every issue. What, what, are, what are we talking about here? What are, what are the different component pieces that all need to come together and be ready all at once? All right, so CLD's format is very, very unique. Unlike a typical article, which has an abstract and then a, you know, an article that you can read and then maybe you know, a handful of graphics that you can download, CLD's articles don't really have abstracts. And so so you know you have to bring the reader in kind of by the catchy title. And then each one of our articles is you know, 
um, comes with a podcast or an audio reading of it, and then an author interview. Plus, all of our slides or all of the, the pictures are downloadable as PowerPoint slides, and so you know these articles can be viewed either through a podcast, through like a video segment, you could read them online, and you could actually reuse most of the graphics as actual PowerPoint slides if you want to feature that content. And another uh, piece or another component involved is uh, the CME offering. Um, so that's not applicable for every article, but there are articles that we identify as being appropriate for CME, um, in which case uh, then that article will be accompanied by a CME activity. Well, what is CME? CME stands for Continuing Medical Education. So that many, uh, you know, whether you're a nurse or whether you're an APP or whether you're a physician, um, some component of our, you know, um, educational development is really demonstrating that you not only you know read something, but you actually learned something out of it. And so the CME gives you um, you know a track that tells you I I used something and I learned something and I answered um, questions that that reflect that I you know accomplished that. So when we provide CME, some people will use it for that medical education product, but some people will just use it because it's nice, you know, preparation for boards or, you know, they answer the questions just because, you know, it's kind of fun, you know, I guess like doing crossword puzzles, so that just because you are, you know, you're reading the article and you're not a physician or you don't need the CME credit, it's still a nice review to make sure that, that you, that the main points that the article featured, you actually captured as you went through it. Okay, so it's a, like a little quiz at the end of an article almost. Yeah, it's like a little quiz. So CLD is, as we've mentioned, very unique, very innovative, and over the years we've um, taken upon a number of what I would say pretty special projects that I think make uh, the journal uh, really stand out. And one of those would be, I think, the regional uh, collaborations that we're doing. Um, we found over time that there are so many Spanish-speaking countries um, that access CLD. Um, so we've made it a real priority to um, do some translated content into Spanish and then outreach to other areas around the world. World. So, um, Nancy, I wonder if you could maybe talk a little bit about what uh, the journal is hoping to achieve by doing this. Under Michael Lucy, they CLD published its first bilingual edition, and I think that that really was not so much an edition that was translated, but rather articles that were felt to be highly relevant that were then translated into a Spanish edition and published. And it really was such a hit, and so this year we actually um, worked with the Latin Association for the Study of Liver Disease and developed a true bilingual product where the interviews with the authors were also done in Spanish as well as English, and it will be translated word for word in Spanish. We didn't really stop there. So after Spanish, our next most common readerships were actually in Asia and India, as well as a little bit in the Middle East. And so when we kind of looked at what we were actually already publishing, you know, recognizing that there are multiple guidelines because there are unique aspects to care, um, prevalence, transmission regarding where you are located, as well as resources is what you have access to. I mean, in Asia, they have medications that we don't have here. And so, you know, a guideline or a resource that is very U.S.-centric but is being read widely outside of the U.S., probably isn't giving the reader the best educational experience. And so now we've taken this model 
and expand it to working with um, regional group of authors in the Middle East, in India, um, the special interest group for the Asian Pacific Association for the Study of Liver Disease. So I think that this really um, shows you that CLD is one of the few places where ASLD has a signature product that really translates in a much more global form. Yeah, that's right. And I think that's really wonderful work that um, the journal is trying to um, not only reach out to those those different areas around the world, but also do so in a way that's um, featuring the content that's most relevant to them. So in addition to outreach to uh, regional communities around the world, I think CLD also does a really good job engaging with um, the early career audiences, particularly the society of ASLD, but but um, elsewhere in your medical schools. So, um, you know, what, what what is your motivation there by, by engaging with that audience? I think that junior faculty, as well as some of our, um, you know, students and residents and fellows that are interested in liver disease as a career struggle with places to actually start featuring their thoughts and developing an academic background. I mean, it's really hard to, to um, publish now if you don't have um, appropriate mentorship or if you're not writing something that's incredibly novel. But we have so many interested individuals that, that need to start you know, gaining that academic confidence and starting to build their CVs that we thought that, you know, recruiting them into CLD was a really exciting resource. Um, the reviewers that look at their articles are instructed to recognize that this is a resident or a fellow um, that needs to really not just be, not just make their article better, but is kind of helped with the editorial process. And so our reviewers are very careful in making sure that the criticism is constructive, not only to improve that article, but also to improve the next attempt that that person's going to when they write an article. It's really fun to watch these young people interview because some of them are just such natural speakers, but they're almost all nervous when they start. And you can really see them kind of relax as that interview goes on and, and you know, hopefully consider it quite fun. That's so neat. It's very, you know, it's educational from the inside out, from the process of finding the articles and writing them up and going through the review process with the editors to actually what you publish and what you're hoping to achieve through what you publish. That's really, really cool. I know that some of the first articles that I wrote, even as a review article, sometimes the, the criticism you got from the reviewers was pretty harsh and didn't necessarily help me write a better product. I mean, you know, it doesn't help someone to say, this, this was a really bad article. This was the worst article I ever was forced to read. And so now our, you know, which might have been true, uh, but now our reviewers are instructed to not just give blanket things about like this was bad, but rather, you know, help with organizational structure, um, help understand where to develop things and where to really trim things. And you know, then when they, you know, are invited to write things in the future, you can really see how their writing style matures um, with each submission. Well, we've been talking a lot about the positives, you know, the overall educational mission, um, the innovative formats, things that CLD is experimenting with. But this is a lot. I mean, just the number of different pieces of content that need to come together alone is kind of overwhelming to me. Are there things that are challenging about this? One of the biggest challenges on my part is we run the risk of of either making something way too long that people, you know, give up on, or we make it so superficial that it's it's just like CLD light. Um, it it can't, you know, it's not adequate. And so it's 
it's hard to get that balance in that you know less than a thousand words for something that someone is going to engage in, read, learn something, and then how to how to lead them to the next places if they really want to know more. I think one of the other things you know for good and bad uh, is that because it is so malleable that you know sometimes content that doesn't work you can just get rid of, and if you find something that was an incredible success, then you can apply it to other types of things. So not just the regional issues which we expanded, but you know the focused content which is challenging so that if you're trying to do something that is only about hepatitis C and there's one author that's not as responsive as the others, the entire issue is delayed. We feel that when we're trying to put together something that might be able to be sponsored or that you really know that the content has to be grouped together otherwise it doesn't make as much sense. But because CLD is mobile, we move other parts into the place while, the, while what we're waiting on gets pushed back. And I, you know, that's a huge kudos to Wiley um, who you know, will help me with these last-minute reshufflings as we're waiting on things or as maybe an author is like wondering why something they recorded six months ago hasn't been published yet and so we can kind of pull it up a little bit or try to make the content um, fit together a little bit better. Um, you know, I, a lot of the other journals really don't have that luxury that we do. Right, yeah. I mean, we've over time moved away from themed issues. We still do quite a few um, on top that are topic-based. Um, but since we um, have moved away from doing a themed issue every issue, it's given us a lot more flexibility, I think, with the content. So I think a really rich part of CLD's history is its collaboration with the AASLD. And since you've taken over, you've done a lot to um, you know, enrich that relationship and feature content outside of the journals. So can you talk a little bit about, about that? Even though our articles are short, sometimes authors really did feel that they were a little overcommitted to be able to contribute something. But when you've just done a post-grad course and you've prepared a 20-minute lecture, that's perfect um, for CLD. So we look at the ASLD um, you know, meetings and you know, all the things that are going into the meeting, and we try to identify places where we think that the content is really going to be very relevant for CLD. We also know that the special interest groups um, prepare a lot of things that are not necessarily just featured at ASLD at the annual meeting. And so we are always looking at the SIG programs or the single um, topic programs that the ASLD features um, to see if any of this information would also be relevant for CLD. So as we've discussed so far, CLD has established itself as a very important resource for the liver community, and it's doing so much already. Uh, what do you see as the future for the journal? What else do you want to do with it? Well, I think that one of the most important aspects of CLD is really how unique it is, and that gives it the ability for us to change as the, you know, as the readership needs different information. And so our next you know, adventure is really growing our social media presence. So we were you know, fortunate enough to just engage two junior faculty that have social media um, experience. And you know, we're going to, um, as frightening as it is for those of us that are a little bit older, we're going to start to branch out into Instagram, um, you know, enhance our Twitter presence. Um, and we don't really know where CLD can grow because a lot of these things are still in development so that we might find that CLD really needs to add other tools um, as things become developed that you know, the 
more junior audiences really need and you know value as educational opportunities. I mean, the way that that students learn today is very different than when I went to medical school. Um, you know, they don't have microscopes and they don't always go and sit in a classroom. And I think that CLD is prime to be able to be a quote unquote journal that really can engage with the learning styles and the needs of the community that's using them. And that might you know, be something that we haven't actually envisioned yet, but we are hoping to, to be moving with these things and not trying to play catch up as they um, become mainstream. Yeah, so it's flexible enough that it can become what it needs to be and you're constantly experimenting. So be very cool to see where it goes next. So there's a lot that needs to come together for every single issue. You've got podcasts, these video interviews with authors, the article itself, the continuing medical education, lots of different pieces to keep track of. But you also said that it's really fun. What, what's it actually like day to day working on CLD? Well, I think CLD is a lot of fun because there's so much going on, you know, and there's so much to keep track of. But um, we're working with really, really wonderful people like Nancy, um, like the staff that we work with at the Society. I think um, one of the most exciting parts about it is when we are able to all get together in person um, and record the video interviews at the conferences. Um, Nancy and all of the associate editors are really fun to work with. They're, they bring such a great energy um, to the videos. And it's really actually really nice to meet authors in person and to give them that opportunity to talk about their research um, in a way that even someone like me can understand it. And even um, the, the crew who's in the background helping us record the videos, um, they understand it too and they think it's really exciting. Um, so even though it is a lot of work and we're every day, you know, maybe sometimes every hour interacting with it in some way or checking on something, um, um, it's always really worth it because it brings actually a lot of I think, joy to at least my working experience. Yeah, I really want to echo that. I think that one of the most important things for my interaction with CLD is you start to understand the complexity of a journal. Now, granted, not every journal has all these working pieces, but I don't think as an author you really understand how many individuals have to touch your article in order to get it from what you wrote to publication. And CLD adds a tangible aspect to every author. I mean, they're no longer a boring person on a piece of paper or like a little tiny picture. It's like the most visual abstract you can ever have. Um, and I, I think that one of our favorite things is when they replay all the ridiculous bloopers that we've managed to uh, you know, make over the hours of taping. Um, and you know the most simplistic things that we cannot remember to say, like how many times you mess up your own name or the institution that you work at. And so um, it really, really is fun. It certainly sounds like it, and I guess that's what you'd hope for, right? Learning should be fun, and clinical liver disease lives its educational mission inside and out. It will be exciting to watch how it grows with coming generations of liver researchers. Thank you, Nancy and Emma, for coming in to talk with us for this episode, and good luck with your next issue. That's it for our special issue this month. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join us again. Until next time, I'm Anna Ayler, and you can find more episodes 
Pullman when new episodes are released by subscribing in iTunes or wherever you like to listen. You can get more news and information on Society Publishing from Wiley on Twitter by following us at Wiley Societies and on our website, wiley.com slash network slash society leaders, all one word. Our theme music was produced by Medine, and this episode was edited by Dennis Velasco. Thanks for listening.